0: Welcome to State of Unity Podcast, where we talk with people who used to live the ordinary and are now living in the extraordinary. Priyanka Surrio speaks three languages, is a published author, certified health education specialist, and new to the world of traveling nomads, among many other things. Today she shares how she's adjusted to uprooting every month or two, what helps her feel at home, and what determines the next destination. Okay. And it's Priyanka, am I saying your name right? Yes. Priyanka. Priyanka and Clara. <laughs> yeah. I think both of us were very diverse. We have a lot of interests. Yours is very impressive, just the recognition that you've had and the passion that you have towards um, just sustainability and movement towards just more awareness and taking care of the earth. Um, And so I had said earlier, you know, we could take this in many different directions. And so I think, like I said, we both have a lot of passion. So what are you feeling most passionate about at the moment?
1: Uh, Yeah, I really like that you say sustainability Um, and I'm going to keep drawing on that theme uh, throughout when we talk today. But probably the most um, profound or extraordinary thing about me uh, is that I'm a digital nomad. I've been that, been that way for about 10 months now. Um, and what that means is that I basically work remotely from my laptop and then I travel all around. Uh, so far it's been all around like our continent. So I've been um, all around the US um, to one of our territories, Puerto Rico and then to Mexico and Canada. Um, I've also traveled, but I haven't been working while I've been traveling outside of the US. Um, So mostly I've tried it within the US and I've been kind of everywhere and it's not linear at all. And um, 10 months ago when I decided not to renew my lease in DC, um, that's when I, embarked on this journey, not knowing that I would be in San Francisco right now. Um, If you would have asked me whether I knew that was going to happen, I would have said, I don't know, maybe. (laughs) Um, It's a very completely different lifestyle, but it's been uh, an amazing one. I definitely have no regrets.
0: I would do it again in a heartbeat. So if you were to say the main difference between traveling versus living as a traveler, the digital nomad, what would you, are there, I'm assuming there's some major differences there. Absolutely. I think when you're traveling, um,
1: you know, you're going for a specific purpose for like a time period and it could be like a vacation. You could be going because you're giving back to that place. Um, that's generally how I like to operate with traveling these days. Like there's, a very intentional purpose. Um, but there's a time period. So you're only going to be there for a bit of time. Um, whereas living as a traveler, uh, it's it's almost this like lifestyle or mentality where you are going to be on the go and you don't necessarily know what's next. Um, and you may not even have like a home base or like a sense of like stability in your in within your like life because you're kind of moving from place to place. And that's, that's how it's been. Mm
0: -hmm. Um,
1: Also, as a result, it means that you're more open, I think, to different things happening or different life paths happening. Um, And it also means you're more open to like the people that you meet and the friendships or relationships you build. Uh, But it requires, I would say, a certain level of adaptability, because you're moving because you're in these new environments frequently. um, And probably depends on how frequently you are moving, but it's kind of like getting comfortable with constant change with constant unfamiliarity, um, which is not as hard as one would think, or it's not as hard as I thought initially. but it does some very interesting things to to you as a person. We can get into
0: that. I can imagine. Yeah. So, so I think it's human nature to get Comfortable, right? Like I was just saying, I move somewhere. My first thing, I want to get settled. I want to get my things put away. I want to be able to find stuff, find where the grocery store is, and kind of get into that just that simple routine. And so, do you, I th- I'm just imagining for myself, I would have this like pull on, like, how long do you stay somewhere? And when you're just starting to get comfortable, like, do you find yourself wanting to stay longer? Is that when you're like, okay, time to go? Like, what keeps you moving?
1: Yeah, that, that, the, there's a couple of questions in that, right? So like, how do, I, how do I get that sense of comfort? And then like, what happens when I'm moving again or, or whether I decide to move or not? Um, so that time period of like getting comfortable for me is short. Um, and it, I embrace that actually. So almost immediately when I'm in this new environment, I begin to do what I need to, to feel at home as quickly as possible. Um, which is interesting. It's kind of like I settle in right away. And what that looks like is, like, I unpack, I get my space set up. Like, doesn't it matter if I'm going to be there for three or four days? I just, I get comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I begin to, you know, create that sense of, like, familiarity, home, et cetera, that that feels good to me, Um, which is actually, I think, a good skill, because then that means anywhere I go, any new situation, I can have, like, these things that make me feel grounded. I can draw on them. So I'll do that, like I'll unpack, and then I will walk around the neighborhood. Um, I will kind of assess like where are places to eat, where's the grocery store. I'll do all of that too. Like how would a local like, you know, interact with the world here, like be moving about in this city? Um, And I really adopt that mindset. I'm like, I'm a local here now. Act like you live here. Like just navigate as if you live here because you do right now. Um, which puts me in that different mentality of again, getting more comfortable with my place, space, like just even just the differences in cities and in people and culture. It just forces me to get more comfortable with these things. Um, which I think again can be a good thing. It doesn't, it means that I'm not walking around here with skepticism or fear. It means I'm actually embracing the fact that this is different. Um, in terms of like what keeps me moving. That's like a bigger question as to like why I've gone to the places I've gone during the nomadic journey. Some of them have been mostly actually driven by connections that I have. So when I first embarked on this journey, I told people about it, Um, both people that I had never met, but that were following me or that followed my journey um, from being a travel traveler as well as being like a travel author. They were always inspired by that. So I told people who followed me that I was doing this. Um, I told people who supported me in this journey that I was doing this friends family. And so all these people uh, essentially were like, well, if you're traveling through my place, my city, my state, come visit me. Mm -hmm. Um, So some of that has driven where I've gone because people have literally opened their doors to welcome me in, I've stayed with friends, I've been able to meet up with friends. Um, and that's been a really cool way to, to, you know, I guess be nomadic is that you have these connections in these different places. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I've been nomadic, I've made new friends, I've made new connections, some of whom I've seen on the road again or who I've traveled with on the road and that's been fascinating too. So then it's like, I'm moving with this group of people that I've met with this community. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And then I guess the last bit would be, um, you know, for me, like I've traveled around the U.S. before and there were certain like cities or places that stood out to me that I thought would be good places for me to revisit what I want to live here again, um, what I want to just be in the environment because there's something about it that feels just natural to my progression and growth as an individual. And there were a couple of cities like that because of their diversity, because of the amount of opportunity because of just the industries that are prominent there. So um, I think like I'm in California now, not by coincidence per se, but because I wanted to be around a lot of creators, around a lot of entrepreneurs, especially those in the tech space. And so I'm in San Francisco now because I'm networking with a bunch of startup founders, techies, engineers, and it's been fascinating Um, And it kind of plays a role into some of the things that I'm creating and doing
0: too. Hmm. So that's great. So it sounds like you're, you're very intentional with your path. You're not just out there flying by the wind, so to speak. Um, I would say yes. And then at the same time,
1: (laughs) if something comes my way, or if there's like, Um, I try to leave room for openness, you know, in that, in that path, because what if someone's inviting me to Texas or Austin, uh, Austin, Texas or Phoenix, or like, I don't know, Maine, and there's something really good there for me. And I've already locked myself into some housing or situation Mm -hmm. in California, then I may not be as, um, open to, to pursuing that. Right. And maybe I'm missing out on an opportunity there. So I do try to keep a, some level of flexibility. The way I do that is so far the most, um, the well, the longest amount of time or the most permanent place I've been in is like a sublease for like a month or like wow. a month.
0: Okay. Yeah. So I try not to plan
1: <laughs> too far ahead. Um, like, for example, I don't have any housing planned yet for April because I'm traveling quite a bit. Um, there were already like obligations I had in different parts of the country where I'm like, well, I'm not going to get like an apartment or like book a month long stay anywhere because I know I'm going to be traveling a bit and I'll figure it out as I go. You know, for the days that I don't have housing, I'll figure it out. I've done that before. Um, You know, I know that I want to come back to the Bay Area in May because of the traction I have here, the community I have here. And we can get into that a bit more after that, I don't know. I, I don't almost don't want to plan that I'll be here or that this is the place because I want to leave room and openness for what might happen in summer. Um, a couple of people have already approached me about like summer things. So I'm like,
0: okay, we'll see. Like, let me keep it open. <laughs> yeah. That's great. So you're open to the best opportunity that comes your way it's a little bit of that. And it's a little bit of like, let me place myself in the place in the mm. geographic
1: location around the people that I think will, will help mm-hmm. advance what I'm, what I'm doing at this next stage of my life. Yeah. Um, whether that's within the travel space, the writing space, being a remote worker, like, let me just put myself in that place so that
0: I'm around those people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you're a published author, correct? Yes. yes. That's a huge accomplishment. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah, you can't. You have, yeah, have to hold it in front of me. Yes, I have to hold it in front of me. Yes. That's still not
1: working. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't like, I'm going to go off blur for a second. Um, I think it doesn't like having to focus on two things at once. Let's see. But, anyways, yes, I, I did publish a book in 2020. Um during COVID.
0: (laughs) Okay, now you can see it. It is the culture kids of the world. Oh, sorry, third culture kids of the world.
1: Yes. Third culture kids of the world. What does that mean? Um, the book is not only about that topic, but it is one that I wanted to draw attention to with the title. So third culture kids are essentially it's not just kids, it's adults, it's any human. Um, I would say that is balancing multiple cultural identities, Um, either because your parents have a different identity and now you're maybe like first generation in a new country. Um, You have parents who have different ethnicities. Um, You're an expat, so you've lived in different countries or you've kind of lived in, you're like a global citizen. So you've lived in all these different countries. Maybe you have dual citizenship. Um, maybe you're a refugee so you lived in a country then you had to leave and go to a different one but essentially it kind of speaks to the fact that you have these different identities about yourself that are rooted in different cultures different places Um, and the larger theme is that we are becoming more mixed uh, more Mm. globalized as a world this is going to be more common Um, 100% yes
0: exactly (laughs) even just since I was I mean, a kid, but even I think I don't know if I'm just more aware of it, or it's the places that I'm living in, probably, but I, I think even like my generation to the generation now and even in between, I feel like it doubles with every oh, around. Yeah. <laughs> um, so d- I, do you identify in any of those categories, and that's what led you to that, to writing that book? Um. I wouldn't say it led me to writing the book, but it's something that I realized
1: was a unique part of my story that I needed to share um, with the world that I wanted to share with the world. I am a third culture kid. Um, So my dad is from South India, uh, came to America to study abroad. Um, And then my mom is um, Hungarian and a little bit of Romanian as well. Um, She grew up in both countries, so she would spend time in Hungary mostly and then um, grew up in the New England kind of New Jersey um, Pennsylvania area. and they met in college. And then I am Indian, Hungarian American. Like I would identify that way. Um, I definitely like lean into both cultures um, of the Indian and Hungarian side as well as obviously being American. I grew up here. I kind of know America the best, but I've spent time in, in the other countries as well to really get a better sense of myself and those countries place in the world. Um, In terms of what led me to write the book, not so much that perspective or that background of mine, though it's an important one and it's one that I'm glad to be able to share in the book. Um, But I would say I had been traveling for a while. People had known me for being a traveler. Um, And I wouldn't even say, when I say a while, it was mostly like after college. So I had a couple of experiences in college through study abroad um, through saving up. And then, you know, after, after college, I moved from where I went to school in Florida to DC, Washington, DC for work. Um, and then from there, you know, was doing the work thing, the grad school thing. So I didn't have time to travel, but as soon as I was done, I knew I was going to travel. And then it just kind of exploded. Like after grad school, I was basically taking like several international trips a year. Um, so my point here with that is travel is an immense privilege to be able to like see the world, travel to all these places and spaces is a privilege. And I wanted to be able to share that back in some meaningful way, either with people, with the world, like just use all that knowledge for something good. Um, and I started exploring like sustainability, especially because I had been traveling a lot. I wanted to know for myself, like, am I being sustainable am I traveling with purpose? Um, Am I being mindful when I'm traveling? Is me traveling a good thing? Um, And I explored that a bit more. And then this opportunity to write a book came around. I didn't know that it was going to be a book that that was going to capture my travels. Originally, I thought maybe I'll be a blogger. I'll do photography. uh, Maybe I'll do a podcast or a vlog. Like I thought of all these different mediums. The book, though, that that opportunity kind of landed in my lap. And I was like, well, why not? Why not do a book? And that's kind of how the book came about. Um, And so it really teases out more on like sustainable travel and how we can be more mindful when we're traveling. But of course, from that lens of like, you know, being multi-ethnic or what does it mean as we're becoming more mixed, as we are integrating more with other cultures, how can we be more open to that?
0: That's beautiful. It, that just gave me the chills, actually. Just thinking about how, and I'm becoming a lot more aware too, just how all of our actions, we think that they're these secluded decisions that we're making, but it has this ripple effect around the world. Like, we're not just making these decisions alone, what we do impacts on a global level. So, I'm curious, like, what you found out as far as being a sustainable traver- traveler. Was there some shifts in anything that you discovered along the way that made you do things differently?
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: (laughs) I think part of the reason I'm a nomad now um,
1: or how I've decided to approach being nomadic uh, has a lot to do with that sustainable lifestyle, too. Mm -hmm. Um, So probably the biggest thing here was becoming more minimal. I became like such a minimalist Um, what that meant is like, when I knew I was going to be, when I, when I used to travel a lot, first of all, I would back, I'd do the whole backpacking thing. So I would pack in a backpack. I wouldn't bring like a whole lot of luggage. My first trip didn't look like that, but then as time went on and I was traveling more, I was like, I can't be bringing all these suitcases along. (laughs) Let me try to condense things down to a backpack, whatever I need, I can possibly get in another country anyways. I can't be approaching this as if I can't get what I need obviously people live here, they make it work, right? So <laughs> I began to detach or let go of the things that I was like thinking I would need and realize that I could make it work in another country. And that was part of the beauty of it, leaning into learning. Um, so I became more minimal, um, not only on my travels, but then, you know, writing about sustainability, learning about it allowed me to become more minimal too. Like, do I need to be so materialistic? I got rid of so many things anyways, in that process of, I'm going to take everything from my one bedroom apartment, condense it down in my car and then I'm going to be mobile. I couldn't take everything. I like it was too much. So I was selling things like furniture, um, TVs. I was like donating or selling clothes, shoes. And I looked at all of that. I took pictures of this and I was like, wow, this is so much stuff. It never needs to get to that amount again. Like it doesn't. Um, and as I've been nomadic, I've learned like I can get rid of more things. I can make room for new things. Um, in that process too. So whenever I am maybe donating clothes, it leaves room for me to get new clothes that might look like nice or fashionable for this season. It, it's almost like I'm able to constantly recycle um, and and change it up. But it's being more mindful now to where I'm not just hoarding a bunch of things. I'm kind of in this cycle of like I'm donating or selling and then I'm getting new things. Mm-hmm. And then maybe these are higher quality things, so they last longer too. Um, but yes, being minimal was a big. Big part of it. And then I think beyond that, um, you know, one thing about sustainability is that it's just about being like really aware about what is actually sustainable versus what isn't, which means finding out the truth. So that does mean asking questions. That does mean like doing your research and doing your homework. And I think that that's just challenged me to be more mindful about those things, like understanding what a company, where a company is sourcing from, how they're doing Mm -hmm. their business. Um, where's my dollar going? Like, is it going to the local people or is it going to big corporations? Um, And that's a piece about sustainability that I think people don't always think about is like fueling local economy. Where's that dollar Um, really going? How far is it going? So it may be more mindful about that. Um, And even just about culture. Uh, Like, I think I already get some of that by just I would say embedding myself is a local, like, I'm just going to walk around, I'm going to see what's around. But then I ask questions, Um, I seek out diverse audiences and diverse places and spaces. And then I'm able to get that dose of what culture is, whether it's different cultures, or just the culture of a place like, oh, people here are really into, um, you know, outdoor activity or something or people here are really into being creative and storytelling. So it's able to give me that like local flair, as well as like, again, those diverse spaces, but that's me seeking it out, seeking out that truth, seeking out those like authentic experiences, um, which again is another big piece about sustainability.
0: Yeah. I think one thing that you said was the buying power. I, that's everything, right? Like the companies only make things that consumers consume. So if we're aware of what we're consuming and what it's supporting, and we make decisions that result a little bit more on the good side than the we just don't care about anybody money side, I think that's when we'll start to see the change. Um, and I, I love seeing the shift in our culture towards that. Um, it's a really beautiful thing.
1: Oh, yeah. I think especially the younger generation. I love that you said this because this gives me an opportunity to give some flowers to the younger generation right now. (laughs) Um, I feel like a lot of the younger generation is more mindful. And um, when it comes to buying power, when it comes to where their money is going, when it comes to the decisions they're making, they're very much asking those questions, challenging those norms. Um, And, you know, within my book and even within my travels, I meet a lot of young people And they're constantly inspired by that lifestyle, inspired by pursuing something that has meaning, purpose, Mm, um, that's giving back, you know, so I'm inspired by that. Um, You know, I talk a lot about activism within the book, too, not just being a uh, speaker about it, not just talking about it, but also living it, um, also advocating for it, um, whether that's, uh, you know, animal rights, whether that's, you know, anti-racism, whether that's, um, you know, big corp versus, you know, local economies, um, local markets, like I'm very much, I guess, inspiring people to think about getting involved, being a bit of a mm-hmm. um, an agitator against some of these, these larger problems really that are, I would say, affecting our planet, affecting our people and, and the way of life. Yeah. Um, I think another piece that is harder for me to, at this moment, kind of reconcile though with sustainability is like how we're measuring it and how accessible it is for people to actually like live that way, travel that way. Um, I think it's still difficult. I think you can achieve some parts of sustainability, but not all. Um, and so those things still trouble me in terms of like how actually, how are we able to do it? I think since I've been nomadic, I've been doing my best to try to like measure, monitor, see how I'm even like living it, put the principles that I read about, wrote about in my book, um, to practice, but again, also accessibility. So I'm able to like travel and live nomadically, not everyone is able to do that. Not everyone is able to even travel because of work situations or other limiting factors. Um, Those are the things I definitely want to be able to shed light on to be able to challenge, because I think a lot of people will use barriers such as, um, you know, family dynamics or money or not knowing um, a place or space as a reason why they can't travel. And, Some of those can be limiting, but not all of them. And it really doesn't cost a lot of money to travel or to even be nomadic. In Mm -hmm. fact, probably the biggest thing I could say is that I've saved money being nomadic, like more money being nomadic for 10 months than I would have if I were paying rent in DC and just staying in one place. Mm
0: -hmm. And so (laughs) I want to go back to something, but first, so I have, and i I don't know if other people have this too, but when I hear digital nomad, what I see in my mind is somebody who has a blog and they probably just wander around to coffee shops and don't, you know, maybe work for like an hour or two a day. So can you help break that image that I have and share? Cause you are extremely accomplished in <laughs> many, many areas. So what is it that you do digitally or nomadically or however that's said?
1: <laughs> no, absolutely.
0: Um- so, yeah, that's, I, mean, I think that's a
1: glamorous way of describing a digital nomad's life. It's certainly not that glamorous. And I think I'd like to make it easier for people who are breaking into this lifestyle in some way, shape, or form. So I aim to do that. I aim to contribute to the nomadic body of knowledge. Um, but I work remotely. I work uh, in the field of public health. Um, specifically for all of our 59 state and territorial health departments or health agencies. Um, So I help them with anything related to data, data collection, Um, and this is on a number of public health topics, could be violence, could be opioids, COVID, uh, climate change, you name it. Um, But I help them with like making decisions around data and the technologies they use to capture, collect and share that data. Um, Really cool stuff. And I get to work on that on my computer, on my laptop. As I mentioned, that's my day job. That's the job that helps sustain me, um, allows me to move around, gives me a backup in case I need it whenever I am in a jam. Um, and I work normal business hours and I work East Coast hours. So depending on where I'm in the world, that can be a painful thing. Um, <laughs> if I'm in Alaska, that is a four hour difference. It'd be pretty painful if I have a 9 a.m. Uh, East Coast meeting. <laughs> But yes, I work I work normal business hours through the week um, and that's what that looks like. And then if I if I'm on the West Coast, for example, which I am right now, then I end early, which means that the rest of the afternoon is for my side hustles, my creative endeavors. Um, Maybe what that looks like is I go around to a bunch of bookstores and as an author, I asked if they would house my book or they would host my book in their store. And so, so far I have my book probably in like five or six bookstores in the San Francisco, Oakland area, which is brilliant. It's really going around. It's so brilliant. Thank you. Um, Just in San Francisco alone. And and I've done that like all over the country. Um, I think, you know, beyond that, you know I'm also working on other things. One of those things is a startup idea. Um, where I would create some kind of like digital platform or app for nomads, again, to make being a nomad easier and to connect us more easily. Um, So I've been getting into a lot of like founders events, founders parties, meeting with different startup founders, techies, et cetera. And that's been fascinating and exciting. Um, So these are just the things I'll do after the workday. But I can't always do all of those things. So I definitely will take time and moments to actually just like vacation in my own space that I'm in, because again, it's new. I've never been here. I've never lived here. And so I'll take moments to do like weekend road trips or, um, you know, just like little, little, uh, getaways, even during the day, if I have time for, if I want to make time for it, um, to take in my environment, to really be grateful for being here. Um, and if it's a big journey, then I will take time off from work. So I do have time off that I've accumulated or saved up. So that let's say I'm like literally backpacking through Montana and I have no service because that can definitely happen. And has happened Then I'm taking off for that week. I'm being responsible about it. So there are definitely ways to move around and navigate, but it's, it's not easy. It is a balance and I'm constantly challenged to like find ways of balancing of resourcing myself um, and that delicate balance of like, am I moving too fast? Am I moving too slow? Um, mm. and sometimes when I'm slowing down, I'll feel antsy and I'll be like, I'll be like telling myself, I know you feel this way because you're used to moving faster. This is good. you need to lean into moving slower right now. Wow.
0: Incredible self-awareness. Priyanka, I feel like you are a name that I'm going to continue to see throughout the years. I just, your motivation and your passion and- um like I said your self-awareness I I just see you going places that you have already but I'm really excited for what's in store for you in the future we'll definitely have your book in the show notes for people to check out um I for one will be for sure um sounds like a really interesting blend of topic topics so I'm curious to see how you pull it all together in the book. I do want to be respectful of your time. So um, is there, besides obviously getting the book, is there anything else we can do to support you?
1: Uh, I would say beyond the book, just following my journey. Um, I'm on most social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram is P.S. Travel Stories. That's all one word, um, P.S. Travel Stories. And then, uh, yeah, you can if you go on Instagram, you'll find my link tree, which has a link to Uh, all of the different endeavors, podcasts, articles, blogs, et cetera, that I've been part of and just keep following my journey. Um, I think that's probably the biggest thing. Uh, And hopefully it inspires you to be sustainable or to take that leap of faith and um, embrace the unknown, Uh, embrace the unknown, not only in places, but also in the people that you meet. Beautifully
0: stated. You are Such a delight to talk to you. I feel like we could just hang out all day like this. We
1: could, we could. I definitely (laughs) would welcome like talking beyond the podcast at some point if you want to.
0: Yes, definitely. Um, so I have one final question, which I really enjoy asking all my guests. And that is if you were to be gifted a sailboat to sail around the world in, and all you have to do is give her a name, what would you name her? Oh. Oh my gosh. Okay.
1: um not where I would sail but what what name would I give her
0: you can share both if you'd like (laughs) um now I'm curious where you take it
1: (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'd have to name her odyssey um you know I think about like odyssey the Iliad like all of those Mm like fitting yeah novels um all of that literature about adventure but the thing about an odyssey is that it doesn't it doesn't last forever um And I think, you know, even being a nomad right now, I know it's not going to last forever. I think there'll be a period where I maybe settle again or I call a place a home base um, or I find a sense of home. But I I think that way about an odyssey, you go out into the unknown, you have these adventures with the full intention of coming back to some place. Maybe that's familiar to you or that feels like home, but you've changed yourself and i'm mm-hmm. sure this this boat will go through many storms and seasons as it's sailing around the world um i like the idea of sailing around the world it's interesting that you say that because that's probably one of the experiences i'd love to try on the nomadic journey that i haven't been able to yet oh um yeah and i think anywhere if i can figure out or finesse a situation where i'm sailing I will want to sail anywhere. I will take (laughs) an opportunity where we're going as long as I'm out on the ocean. Um, So that's kind of how I want to answer that anywhere.
0: Love it. That was beautiful. (laughs) Yes, definitely getting your book. Um, Definitely stay in contact and we'll, we'll talk a lot more. I Um, love it. Thanks, Kara. (laughs) Yes. Thank you so much for your time. Um, Keep doing what you're doing and I look forward to staying connected.
1: Yeah, I look forward to hearing the podcast as well. And um, as soon as it's out, let me know. I'll share it with my audience, share it on my socials, all of that.
0: Absolutely. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed, please take a moment to like, subscribe, and share. Hopefully, you're feeling inspired to live extraordinarily.